Raider Nation, wake up and get ready because it's time for the morning grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Good morning, Raider Nation. I'm Eddie Pascal, and today is December 23rd, 2020. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Morning Grind. Well, today on the podcast, we welcome in NFL Network host Colleen Wolf to talk about all things silver and black, including Derek Carr's status headed into Saturday, the silver and blacks, pro bowlers, and just what kind of challenge the Miami Dolphins are going to present to head coach John Gruden's squad this weekend at Allegiant Stadium. So, Without further ado, enjoy our conversation with Colleen Wolf. And our guest today on the Morning Grind, NFL Network host, and she'll be on the pregame covers for Saturday night's game against the Miami Dolphins, Colleen Wolf. And, and Colleen, I'm glad that we were able to, one, get this timed out and everyone was able to make the schedule work. So we really do appreciate you coming and hanging out with us for a little bit. Yeah, of course. This is awesome. Happy to do it. Um, you're you're making me do my homework early this week. So actually, I should give you, I should send you some type of like gift basket for that. I will hold you to that. Don't let Marcus hear <laughs> that because he will hold you to that. But in terms of the timing and, and having it work out where we heard just a little bit ago from head coach John Gruden and from Derek Carr, and they're both kind of playing that little cat and mouse game of will Derek play? Will Derek not mm-hmm. play? And if you're a fan of this team, going into week 16, like, let's be honest, that's question number one on everyone's mind. And we're not going to figure that out until probably realistically Saturday when the Nactives come out. But how fine of a line is it for Coach Gruden to kind of have to, you know, when you want Derek to play and Derek's your guy, but also keeping him safe and protecting him from himself, that seems like an interesting space for him to kind of reside in this week. For sure. And I think too, just the fact that you know where the where the raiders are right now with these past two losses i mean they they really really needed to win that game against the colts they absolutely needed to win the game against the chargers and neither one of those things happened so i understand a, a little bit at this point maybe not wanting to push it with derek also because marcus mariota played really well i thought in that spot start like coming off the bench cold ha- not having started since what like week six of of 2019 Mm -hmm. I thought he did some really good things um but but I also think that of course Derek Carr is going to want to play and compete because nobody wants to end up losing their job look what's going on in not that that's going to happen but look what's going on in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts totally different situation but Marcus Mariota knows that situation all too well with what happened with Ryan Tannehill. So nobody ever wants to sit out longer than they ever have to. And I completely understand that from Derek Carr's position. You know, and I'm glad you brought up Mariota. And I'm, I will admit my bias. I will put my Oregon hat on for a sec. I was at Oregon the same time Mariota was there. So I have such a soft spot in my heart for him. And it was so much fun getting him, you know, getting a chance to watch him do his thing last week. And he really did play incredibly. I mean, really, when you look at the reason why the team lost last week, and it was not because of number eight, but in terms of a story arc, I mean, it doesn't get much better than what we saw from Marcus losing his job a year ago, being a good teammate, sitting on the bench, dealing with all of his injury stuff the first part of this year. I mean, just as like a dude, you have to be like, you have to feel so happy for him. And Derek really said the same thing this afternoon. He goes, as a person, I was so excited for him. He goes, obviously, I wish it wasn't because I was, you know, I got hurt. But right. I mean, in terms of story, I mean, you got to give it up for a guy for playing, you know, really playing really well considering the circumstances. Well, that's like the, that's like the perfect underdog story, the comeback. Everybody loves the comeback player of the year. 
And when you're watching Mariota after everything that he went through in Tennessee, getting benched and having Ryan Tannehill just like put the entire team on his back and take them to the playoffs last year. I mean, that was such an insane storyline after everything that went wrong with Tannehill in Miami. And so it's always like when you see a guy that you know, kind of gets run out of town or is a guy that just doesn't have the success that was expected of him actually do well. It's, it's a great story. And Marcus Mariota, I thought he looked, he looked great. Like he looked, I didn't know what to expect. And part of me expected him to not play well because that is sort of the narrative with him, unfortunately. And I think he did himself such a favor, just playing so well, showing everybody that he still can do that at a high level in prime time. And he looked really fresh. Like he was confident. He was poised. He had some really good throws. I mean, that first touchdown pass was was a dime to Darren Waller. It was beautiful. And even, even at times when he made the mistakes, like the interception, he ran down Chris Harris. And if not for that tackle, that game would have been a wrap in regulation. Yeah, I mean, Marcus is, he did everything of everything that was asked of him last week. And I thought it was interesting today where, where you know, Coach Gruden kind of alluded to it. But I'd love to see a world where even if Derek is able to go, give Marcus a package, right? Let him, you know, he adds such a unique element to this offense. And it was so much fun to watch him do his thing, like I said, last weekend. But like you said a minute ago, the past couple of weeks have not gone to plan for this team. You look at where we were a month ago and where we are now, and we are singing two very, very different songs. But on the positive, we'll look at two positive. One, we are not officially out. We are hanging on by less than, what is it? Like less than 1%, but we have not officially been eliminated. And the other positive the Pro Bowl guys came out yesterday, and we got two this year. We got Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. And in terms of Darren, at least from where I'm sitting, and I know that I admittedly watch a lot of AFC West football because that's kind of where we reside. That's that's our world. But is there anyone else that is pushing Darren – excuse me, that is pushing Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller for the title of best tight end in the NFL? I mean, it doesn't that's, seem like it, right? That's it. I mean, it's – you know, for a while, Mark Andrews was in the conversation. Um, there was a lot of like uh, Ertz going on early, very early, early in the year, <laughs> or maybe that was even the uh, like off season because I feel like I can't even remember the last time the Eagles were really good. Um, but I think that watching Darren Waller and what he's been able to do this year, like it is absolutely clear cut, like Kelsey and then Waller, but he has the second most, uh, receptions and receiving yards by a tight end, uh, like out wide behind Kelsey. So he is producing and putting up those numbers. He just had his second game of over 150 receiving yards in the last three weeks. Like when I watch him play and then just knowing the story of his and knowing all of the adversity that he came from and, and that he went through. And when he was with the Ravens, all of the demons that he kind of had to deal with inside himself with like addiction and everything else. And, and to be able to go through all of that and, and basically hit rock bottom, like, because we had a, our Steve was senior did a really awesome sit down with him and, and they talked through a bunch of these things that Darren went through and the fact that he was able to come out the other side and be able to just be on top of his game and on top of the game, like one of the best to play at the position. It's so difficult just in general to be a football player in the national football league, but then to be one of the best at your position and to go through what he went through to get there, I think is just so insane. 
And I'm glad you brought up that interview with Steve Smith Sr. because last year when he did it, we were at our old facility in, or in Alameda, I should say. And the way that our setup was is that a bunch of us kind of had our workstations in the studio. So there were four or five of us that were in there when Steve was talking to Darren. And I, there was a couple of times where like looking over at each other like, oh boy, like let's, this is some, this Intense. is some like real stuff. Yeah. I was like, maybe I should leave. Like, is it lunchtime? But I mean, right. it, you know, credit to Steve and credit, you know, credit to Darren for being as open as he has been the past, gosh, what is it, year? And, and he, he really is, outside of all the great stuff that he does on Sundays and scoring touchdowns, the fact that he's so willing to share his story and he's so willing to kind of be an example for, for kids out there and, and adults, honestly, too, honestly, I think is really like, I think that is the most commendable part of Darren Waller, personally. But it's, imagine what an inspiration that is in general for us, I, for, for me, it absolutely is. But imagine if you are someone who is going through something similar to what Darren went through and then to hear him tell that story and to hear just that hope that like, yeah, you can pull yourself out of it. Like it, it's just, it's, he's such an inspiration just in general. I mean, I think about it like this too, where it's like how, awkward, not awkward, but like I can't imagine you'd want to talk about the worst day you've ever had right. over and over and over again. And not only just as like a person, but as someone who is in the limelight, someone who's at the best of their job. And I, I can't imagine what, what that's like. But like I said, it's a credit to Darren for being willing to share that story. And since he's gotten to Vegas too, I feel like his, like his outreach, his philanthropy, like wanting to help has like gone to another level. So you're not going to find a bigger Darren Wall supporter than me. No doubt about that. <laughs> We're going to head up his fan club. Oh, I'm down. I'm down. So I actually jo <laughs> I joke with AJ Cole at the time, our, our punter, where I said uh, my goal for this year, and I fell a little short admittedly, was I wanted AJ to go to the Pro Bowl as a holder. Because the first part of the year, he was punting like once every like three games, it felt like. Like his like right. punt numbers were so low. But Carlson, Daniel Carlson was having an incredible year. And I was like, listen, AJ, like, He's not going anywhere unless you, you know, unless you do your job. So we got to get you to the Pro Bowl as the first holder. And I got to, I got to admit, I fell a little short this year. But 2022, next AJ year, Cole, he is going to the Pro Bowl <laughs> as the best holder in the NFL, which is wrapping it up with Colleen Wolf and, and Colleen. You've, yeah, I love, we love having like the national people in and getting a chance to like look at things from a different perspective because we live in such a silver and black centric world, and that's all we focus on. But when you look at the Miami Dolphins and Tua is going to be the guy that everyone talks about and, you know, for good reason too, he's, a, he's an incredibly young, dynamic, exciting quarterback. But when you look at the Dolphins, what do they do well? And I guess that might be a simple question, but when you look at them, what do like, why, if I'm a Raiders fan, why do I need to be nervous about the Dolphins coming to town? Well, I think, you know, just in general, for Tua, the fact that he's a young quarterback that not only has a really good running game, but also an aggressive, aggressive defense. So, well, I mean, there's nothing more that you could ask for as a young quarterback. But I think just specifically in this matchup this week with the Raiders, the running backs there in Miami, look at what they just did to the Patriots. I, this is, this is a team that can run the ball really well. They slice through the Patriots and you have Salvin uh, Ahmed coming out there, 122 yards rushing on the ground, a touchdown on 23 carries. You have Matt Burita doing it too. I think he had almost 90 yards rushing. So this is a team that's really, they're able to run the ball really effectively and the Raiders, you know, they're not so great at stopping the run. <laughs> I mean, that's a bit, um, I mean, 
thank you for for putting it so mildly, but like that's a big reason why we have a new defensive coordinator right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think I think it's about 126 rushing yards oh. per game um, that they allow. So that's definitely bottom ten in the league. Um, Jonathan Taylor, you you remember that game just two weeks ago? I remember uh, his work. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he had it was a career day for him. So. This, you know, the, the, the defense has a lot of issues, as you alluded to. Paul Gunther is no longer there. Um, it was a, I think that was a, a, a tough turnaround for Rod Marinelli on a short week, uh, having to try and, like, figure out how to turn things around with, I don't know, half the defensive starters out against the Chargers. Like, the, how, there was, like, three DBs out. Cleland Farrell was out. I mean, that – that was a really tough job. And Justin Herbert, I mean, he looked crisp. He looked on. And also, there just wasn't a lot of uh, fight on the other side because of the injuries and everything else going on. But but I think with this Dolphins team, you have to worry about the running game for sure. And then you also have to worry about that defense because they are so opportunistic. Um, I actually talked to Xavier Howard, their cornerback, this morning, and they're they're so good at taking advantage of the opportunities and the mistakes that happen on the field. I mean, Howard leads the league in interceptions right now. He almost had the uh, fumble return for a touchdown last week, but it was called back on a flag. Like this is a guy who we saw him with the one-handed interception on Patrick Mahomes a couple weeks back. He's leading that defense and the tone that's been set there from Brian Flores. It's just, it's so different compared to years past and that defense knows that they're good and, and they're playing really confident right now, which is scary. Yeah, no doubt about that. It's going to be a good game on Saturday night. And it still keeps throwing me off to say Saturday night because I keep thinking it's a Sunday. I know, isn't we've it reached, weird? We've reached the point of the year where I'm like, all right, we're playing on Thursday, we're playing on Tuesday, we're playing on Saturday, whatever. Well, also, like, in the pandemic, it's like we've had football on every single day of the week. Oh, I know. I have I have my little uh, my little schedule on the wall behind me, and it's so funny, and I'm going to keep it, where I just have all the, like, scratches out. Nope, change this, change this time. This is a uh-huh. different day. And, uh, man, it'll be... Regardless, whenever the, whenever we play the game, obviously Saturday night will be a lot of fun and uh, a game that the Raiders absolutely, absolutely have to have and really a game that the Dolphins have to have to handle business as well. So Colleen Wolf, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Make sure you guys follow Colleen on Twitter, uh, follow her, all of, all of her coverage, and we'll see her pregame on Saturday night. And thank you, thank you, thank you for coming to hang out with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. A big thank you to Colleen for coming on to hang out with us. And speaking of those Raiders, they are back on the practice field later this morning as they continue their on-field preparation for Saturday night's clash against the Dolphins. I'm Eddie Pascal, and this was The Morning Grind. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Morning Grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Since starting Allegiant some 20 years ago, we've flown more than 100 million people to be with those they love. We're pilots, flight attendants, and technicians, but we're also parents, spouses, and neighbors. And just like you, we're excited to reconnect with the people and places that matter most. That's why we're going the distance for health and safety, on the ground and in the air. Because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com.